On today's episode, we talked about holidays, death, grieving, traditions during all of those crucial times that we all share with each other. And with it being the holiday season, Nick and I talked about death and the holidays. Thank you for listening. Oh, and I would like everybody to know that Nick now is a doctor and not a psychotherapist. He is now a doctor of psychology. It's a doctor. Round of applause. Dr. Nicholas David Kapal or Prof. You can call me Prof. I'm not calling you any of those. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Kapal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Kapal, a psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Death around the holidays, Nick. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Or actually, happy holidays for happy all holidays. the, the happy. non-Christians out there. Happy Hanukkah. Just happy holidays and New Year's, New Year's time. So let's get let's delve right into it, Nick. Uh, before we do, I, I would like to do just a little tidbit here. We are going to probably talk a lot about Christmas. We are Christians. We are Catholics. Not no offense to any other religion. We're just if we slip and just talk about Christmas, realize we're also talking about Hanukkah. We're also talking about um, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, all of them. Any Sorry, holiday, you know. you, any holiday your family celebrates yep. is all part of this. But it's Christmas time, so we're going to talk about Christmas. And we're we're also ex, you know exploring our experience here again. That's what the Q and A is all about. Please write in questions about your own holidays and traditions. Right, and you can uh, do that at uh, let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. Now, Nick, death around the holidays, one thing Dad and I have always noticed is we get a lot of deaths right after right after Christmas or right after the New Year's. And first, I think the main reason is is people have a lot more will to live, especially when they're down to the wire than I think people give them credit for. And I think a lot of people want to see their family one last time. And they realize that's probably their last chance to see, you know, Jeff is coming home from UCLA and, and Bill, he just got, he's coming home from the army for a couple of days during the holidays. And so we tend in January to get a pretty substantial amount of Influx. deaths after or right before Christmas and holidays. They just didn't make it. Let's talk about that first. I hear a lot of people will say to me, uh, especially when it happens during the holidays, is that oh now it's going to ruin my holiday forever, right? So if your if your mom or your dad or your loved one dies on December twenty fifth, December twenty fifth is going to be a hard day the rest of your life, regardless, right? Now I know we can Does it we have could, to be we could do the like oh, okay we'll look at it in a positive way, and but let's be honest, we're all human. It's going to hurt, and every year you're going to come back to that dad died on on Christmas on Christmas Eve. Like oh, Merry Christmas! Open a gifts, go get to go plan a funeral the day after Christmas. You know, I was thinking about this this physicality of emotions, right? And if you think about like a uh, like someone who has gotten a really bad ski accident and has like you know. Uh, uh, sore knee every time it turns cold or whatever. When you talk to them about that experience, it's never a bad experience until they got hurt. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So the thing is, is like when you talk about like regret with that situation, they're not regretting going skiing. You know what I'm saying? Like they were having the time of their life up until that point. They regret hitting the tree going and I always, uh, 50 I, miles I, an hour. I, you know, I think about that like with death, right? Is this the idea that there is this pain, right? You did get hurt. 
Mm-hmm. But think about all the moments up to that, all the Christmases up to that point. Right. I mean, it goes back to every pastor says it's not the two dates that are on the tombstone. It's all the dates in between that really yeah. represent a person. But again, this is this is very easy for you know someone not in this situation to right, be like, right. oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, and then the other thing, too, that maybe people don't think about, too, is the planning that goes into it. So if you die right before Christmas, too, you got to take in consideration, well, I don't want to have the funeral anywhere near Christmas. A, people are traveling, so you got to worry about, like, okay, if I have a Christmas Eve, nobody's going to want to come. And then the other thing, I don't want to ruin everybody else's Christmas, so I don't want to set up a funeral. Another thing to add to the plate, too, not only did dad or mom die on Christmas, but now we got to deal with only 20 people, or now we got to deal with all these COVID rules. Why do you think people do wait till the holidays or right after the holidays? I, 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 like I said, I think it's their last time that they know of where most their family are going to be together. That's the best time you're going to have to see everybody. Um, And also, they probably don't want to be, because you hear that all the time too, I don't want to be a burden, so I don't want to die on Christmas. So we talked a little bit about the actual person that's dying, but let's talk about the family uh, after the holidays, right? So um, let's not necessarily say they died right in the Christmas era, but let's say they died in October or November, right? So Christmas is going to be, other than Halloween or Thanksgiving, is going to be the first big event, right? And most people have these huge holiday traditions one way or another, right? That's where they get, they, they do their things or they, um, so now they have the experience of what do we do and do we do it the same way? Grandma's not going to be bringing the cookies Mm-mm. and those cookies were to die for. That was the first thing you grabbed on a plate. And or I think, those cheese balls, big deal big, with a lot of family. Cheese, cheese balls. Not just that, but maybe there was a tradition. Maybe there's an actual, like, grandma would have us all sit by the piano and she'd play, like, you know, yeah. a talent. We had a grandma like that. that would- See, this is where we're talking about, right? Not only are there, you know, these holidays, but there's traditions involved. Right. And wrapped around them. You know, I, I always think about, like, you know, these families that have, you know, the matriarch or the patriarch, people that don't know what that means the woman in church or the man in church, like grandpa or grandma, that held all the family together. The, right? the glue of the family. We got everybody together. She made sure everybody was there on time. Everybody had their mm-hmm. own dish that they had to bring. She made sure that everybody... Name tags was, were it, on the plates. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... It, it, Make you, sure this... She this, planned this, or he or she... I say she because we, we, we come from a family, family of a matriarch. Love you, Mom, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> Dad... It's yeah. okay. It's okay. I, I understand why you let her run the run the roost. So you lose this this person in charge, right? Right. And it's chaos, right? It's just oh. like it, it, to, to make this make sense to it's a lot anarchy. of people out there. If you haven't lost your parents yet, or you know the person in charge of your family, it is super chaos. Nobody knows what they're supposed to do. No. You know, am I supposed to? Be, you know, the son thinks, am I supposed to be dad? The daughter thinks, should I be supposed to be mom? And they're trying to figure that out. Right. Small things, Nick. I was thinking about this the other day. Do we put mom's stocking up, or are we bad to not put it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we do we even even smallest like we talked about pets? How pets are important. Like, do you put up the pet's picture? Do you put you up the pet stocking? I know a lot stockings. of families out there that have a pet stocking. I have me included. Do you uh, put it in like a weird corner? Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's there, but the it's death like, corner. You don't have to see like, it every everybody. day. Yeah, that would be cool to set up like a table of everybody who's gone. You know, to remember them, but like they have their own like cool. Well, little, you know, I was thinking about this. Like, like if you if you did, you know, my family doesn't do cremation, but I was I was thinking about this. Like having like above the fireplace mantle, you have you know fireplace mantle. 
so you have the stockings, like the traditional fireplace. Right. You have the stockings, and then on the mantle, you actually have the urns. I thought that'd be so cool. So I think what I what I would like to, I guess, throw out there psychologically to all these people out there is maybe the tradition, the normal tradition, isn't there anymore. It can't be there anymore. It's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? The cheese ball doesn't get made the right way. That's okay. Start making new traditions. Yeah, maybe do a tradition absolutely. for that person that made the cheese ball. Right. You know, like, oh, you know, we're going to say one story about mom every Christmas now. Whether it turns out good, bad, oh, or that would be, and that would be, you know, some people is, just should not be in mom, kitchens. This, mom, you know? this is for you. We're probably going to screw it up, it's like garbage. we've done everything else. In and our what lives. if, what if you it's were, okay. what if you were the grandkid that made it better? <laughs> would you ever admit it was? Better? No, no, you'd probably no, you sabotage yourself. No, you would you sabotage would, yourself. You'd put way too much power no, in there. You, absolutely, you don't want to be that because well, that, then then you become that. You're oh the cheese no! Ball now person. you got to bring the cheese balls. No, you're the cheese baller. <laughs> this is kind of humorous. We're trying to make this humorous, but in a, in a way, I think it's so important for the families to talk about this. Make it your new tradition, your new family. Because I know that these people, these these people that were in charge, the only thing that they really cared at the end of the day was that everybody got, got there. together and they're got still together. doing it, right? Cuz that's right. the other problem too. Sometimes that means the collapse, right? That's These the family the don't see each other ever again. They don't. They don't know how to do it, and that's that would be like their worst nightmare. Like, right. oh, it's you know. But I can also understand. I, I want to say this too. There is a lot of guilt that comes with that. Mm-hmm. So you are. Let's say you're the only you know um, child to this person that made the best cheese balls ever, mm-hmm. and you can't do it. It's just you're not a cook. You're not a bake. You're lactose you know intolerant. I mean? You're not good at answering the phone. You're like oh, you're like the opposite of your parent, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like your parent knew that. Yeah. Your parent didn't leave and go. Oh, I know that uh, Chester now is going to step up to the plate. He's going to be completely different. No, they. It's not. That's not it. That made them happy. Right. So I think more importantly at this point, you're the survivor. What's going to make your you and your family have right right and that's you what they what I mean? would that's i that's would think what that's what they would want too is you guys to celebrate and i love your your point of make new traditions you know add a little flair of the old ones but add add your own and use humor humor is such an important thing that i think a lot of families forget about right you know it's great to sit there and, and read all these old and reminisce and and talk about all this stuff mm-hmm. and, and and bond over that you know that emotional bond but there's something beautiful about laughing at mom oh, yeah, making absolutely. her cheese balls you know what i mean like yeah she made these best cheese balls did you ever work with her when she was making oh, cheese balls? or did you, did, did you she was like she, she you know she was like a dictator or she would have the... or you weren't allowed in the kitchen when she was making the cheese balls you oh, know what i mean man. like it's okay to use humor. I think it's important to laugh. But there's, I mean, there's other traditions too. You you have like, especially like the the grave. You can leave like grave blankets. I, I you can leave wreaths on on the or cemetery. Just go visit the grave on Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Sing, you know uh, sing, I mean? sing. Thanksgiving or we're, we keep bring referencing Christmas, but we're talking about any holiday that your family may or mm-hmm. may not have. That you know, it it just or. The person doesn't die on the holiday, but the following holiday, the next yep. holiday that all the families together, again, there's this chaos, right? There's this idea of what do we do? Where do we go? It's okay. Right? It's okay to be awkward, silent. It's okay to it's okay to all cry together for a I little bit. I think it's so know? beautiful. Experience if a family it can, together. Can get in that kitchen together and go, I'm lost. 
Yeah. Like, Just throw it out lost there. Too? Like, Realize 90% of that room is probably like, yeah, we didn't know what to say. Most of them probably didn't want to get out of the car to get come into the the house. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like most of them were probably like, this is, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That is okay. Yeah. That is okay to have those feelings. I think it's more important that you're just honest about them. Right. You know, like take it what they are. If you can't make it to the next one, tell your family, like, I just, I, just I gotta be mean. home. Like, yeah. I gotta be home. And hopefully, whoever that, that silly brother or sister is in just the family is gonna up. come to your house and hijack you. That's you know it. what I mean? That's like, it. you're not gonna have an option. Hopefully, you don't lose the Joker of the family because that would be, the, yeah, well, uh, then, then it could be real what, stuffy though? in that room. I think there's something beautiful about family dynamics because usually mm-hmm. when someone leaves the, you know the jokester or the serious one or or the parent if you want to look at it Man. someone usually fulfills that role you guys would be lost without me I don't know how you could I know, man. It's it's Christmas almost like every party Benny. would run smoothly. People would be happy. <laughs> um, there would be no judgment if you were not around anymore. You well, know? I mean, but again, you know, I, I would do your eulogy. Yeah, this might be a quick 10 seconder, but I don't know about all that. I'll write it for you so at least you can have some points on my it. My grammar will probably be off. Okay, so Nick, I think it's about that time. We go on those Q&As. Q&A, Q&A. The first Q&A, titled Death, the Inevitable. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to say who this was from. I'm going to keep everybody's identity safe unless you write in your email. Please, please use tell my name. My, you know, say my name. If say not, name, we're not going to say, say your name. name. So no we're just going to make a name up. This is from Studebaker. Why do people feel the need to look at a dead body to say their goodbyes? Also, the environmental standpoint of burying bodies after we pump all sorts of chemicals into them and why that has become standardized in America. Okay, Nick, so the f- the first part of this question is why do f- people feel the need to look at a dead body, say their goodbyes? Now, at least in my, in my profession as a funeral director, I know of some people just have to have the visual of, okay, I saw grandma at the house, she's dead, now I see her in the casket, I see that she's there. It's her. It's her body. I see them closing the casket. I see them putting the casket in the ground or to the, they're taking the body to the cre- crematory. That experience to some people is what they need. There are some people, and every family probably has one or two, that need to see, they need to experience the funeral. They need to experience the visitation. And it's a visual, auditory, smell, it's all of that. They need, that person needs that to fully understand that, okay, I need to start my grieving process. There are some people that if they don't get the opportunity to see their loved one, they have problems. And I'm sure you can more elaborate on that. It's the idea that they can have that opportunity. They don't always use it, but they have the opportunity to go up to the casket Yes, we all realize that mom is not living. She can't hear you. But emotionally, some of us need to be able to kiss mom and say, I'm sorry for this, or I'll see you later, or they need that experience. They need that. And it's more for them talking to themselves, but the the idea is they have that opportunity to see their loved one in the casket. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody needs different experiences. For some people, that is everything that they that they see their loved one before they get either put in the ground cremated etc etc do you agree with that nick you know i i think 
Oh, I got him stumped. No, I'm just trying to say this to the best of my ability, because what we're talking about here is, is that I think that there is people that are just like learning styles. There's auditory, visual, and kinesthetic um, people out there. Everybody is completely different, and it's this kinesthetic idea, right? This touch. And I think touch is so important for a lot of people. Not saying everybody, um, but I'm saying my experience um, with grief and loss and and with depression, sadness, all this stuff that kind of gets roped in with grief and loss. Touch is such an important thing um, to not take in lightly. And I think for some people, they just need to be around dad or mom one last time to be able to have to touch the casket or touch their hand or, you know, for some um, spouses is just one last hug or one last, you know, pat on the head or, you know, for, I, I've seen some women, you know, do the, the suave thing with the, the male's hair. Because he parted it a certain No one way, can right? see what I'm doing here. I've seen but, it. You could, that, but, they uh, see it. They're visual. if you've been in this business as long as Ben and I have. You, They're doing you know the comb over without yeah. the comb. I mean, yeah. yeah we, absolutely. And Nick, I'm going to go into just a little thing too, something to think about too. I'm not going to elaborate really big into it. But also for some people, their religious and their faith backgrounds is why they're burying um, and that's their interpretation of the Bible or the, the canon or Torah. A small example of this is the, the, the book of Revelation. When, when Jesus comes back, we rise with Jesus. So our bodies have to be present in some people's interpretation to be a part of that. There are some faiths that you have to be buried in in the eyes of their faith. Um, but not everybody. That That's just something else to add. Another thing, too, about the chemicals, which is interesting. You brought that up in your question. And that's the problem that we foresee with possible green burials, because literally it's just, if you don't know what a green burial is, it's you wrap the body in literally a cloth, put it in the ground and let nature basically do its do its thing. The idea with that is, so if we are pushing all these, you know, cancer medications, and I'm not specifically just, but you understand these very toxic um, chemicals into our body. Are they going into the Blood water stream? Medicine, like are they going the in stuff. the water stream for green burying? With a regular burial, and this is for Michigan yet again, I'm not talking every state, we have a vault um, that has a liner. It keeps all um, the fluids, substances all the... inside, and uh, it keeps the outside from coming in. So, all right. You got we got to move on to the next Q&A here. Okay. You got this one. Okay. By junior high, I decided I didn't want to be buried because I consider it a waste of real estate. Cremation, while it isn't a waste of real estate, doesn't do society any good either. I decided then that I definitely wanted to be at least an organ donor, and if I can't be used for spare parts, then then a medical school can use me as a bad example. More recently, I've seriously considered donating myself to a body farm. You, you asked for a question, so here's mine. Why are funerals so, uh, excuse my French here, darn Why expensive? Why you say expensive? Yeah. Uh, what info can you give me to, con- or to convince me that a funeral industry is not simply taking advantage of people at one of their most vulnerable times? Oh, okay. I got uh, this. D- uh, I, I, okay. I got this. All right. I got this. Again, we're not saying any names because this person did not say to use their name. So if you want us to use your name, please Make sure it's in your email. Um, so here's what I'm going to say to you. I just, I, I literally just got done writing a, a dissertation, my dissertation on what is the experience of being a funeral director. And one of the big things um, that came out of that study is, is this idea that the general uh, public believes that funerals are too 
D, expensive, right? So this is what I'm going to say to you. Why are funerals so expensive? My question is this. Why do you feel like funeral direct, or funerals are, are too expensive? Is it, is it the, um, the funeral director's price in what they believe um, they should be paid for what they do? Is it because you think that the um, funeral service is too expensive? So like, for example, the caskets, all the stuff that goes along with the funerals, um, are the urns too expensive? Um, are we talking about why the cemeteries might be so expensive? What do you know about the funeral um, service? Have you really looked up what their prices are? And have you looked up why their prices are what they are? There's a lot of things that go down when uh, a funeral takes place that I think a lot of the general public do not understand nor care about, unfortunately, until they have to. And then it's this idea they're, they're, they're brought this bill. But when they, if they just look at the price, you may say that's a lot of money. But then look at what the price stands for. You know, you think about what the funeral director did. There's so much that goes on with a funeral director that that I don't think the general public understands or nor, like I just said, don't care or don't want to know about. This is a career that my brother and my father have chosen to be in that is a very non-selfish career. And I think people see the price and say, oh, they're super selfish. Like they're just taking advantage of, you know, people that are going through a hard time. I'm going to say from my experience, no, absolutely not. Because I've, I've sat with my brother and I've sat with my dad on multiple occasions when the families are not around and them trying to help the families as much as they possibly can get from point A to point B and what that time and energy that existed to do that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go simply to this. Uh, the, the, first of all, the body donor thing is, is a very, very awesome thing. Um, the, the doning situation is amazing. And Michigan is one of the tops for tissue donation and other organ donations. That is a really really awesome thing to look into. They, they do a great job. And if you need any uh, information, please call your local funeral director and they'll, they'll, they'll reach out to you and any information you want to collect on that. As for medical science, the thing to think about this is when you do sign off, basically what happens is you your body is used for science, as you know, you will be still cremated. So going back to your thing, you don't want to do cremation, you still will be cremated at the end of it. They they have to still respectfully take care of your remains after the use is not required anymore. So the cremation still occurs even when you're using your body for science. So please uh, take that in consideration when you're thinking about that. Now, I want to really delve into this because this really hurts. Um, it hurts me because I know what my father has done and put the time into. I'm not even, this is not even myself. I've been licensed for eight years now. I have not put in over 30 years like my father and his father and his father before. We won't go into that. What do you think a person who works 24-7, 365 should make, or at least is on call all that time? That's the first thing to really take in consideration and what that means. I don't have the luxury of knowing when my schedule is. Let me explain that to you. We just talked about the holidays. So Christmas Day, my kids could be opening their gifts. I get a death call. Right away, I'm taking information. I'm putting on a suit. I'm going to your home or to the nursing home or to the hospital. 
going to pick up your loved one. If we're going to do embalming and prep work, we do it right away. And then we're setting up the arrangement with you, which could possibly be a one to two night visitation. It could be a funeral and it could be a burial. Now, within that first call, dad and I are finding out a lot of information on if you have burial plots, who's the who is the pastor or priest? Those calls are already being made. We're calling them for you so you don't have to make that call. So we will know when the priest is available, when the church is available, if the church is available, when the cemetery will allow you. Does the cemetery have rules how long you need before you can get into the cemetery? Does the cemetery have rules of when they close, when you can't be there? Is there charges if you're not there at a certain time? These are all things Dad and I will already have mostly accomplished before you get there. On top of it, there's charges that are completely out of Dad and I's control, such as if you're going with a cremation, there is a thing called a cremation permit. That is came by the uh, county that you die in. That is not Dad and I's prices. There are also cemetery prices, opening of a grave. They can go from $600 to $1,500. That's a charge that has nothing to do with Dad or I. Obituaries. One obituary, one paper could be 175 It could also be 400 to 600 in another. Why I'm saying this is because when you see... What people are talking about is they see the bottom line. They see the $11,000, $12,000, $9,000 bill at the end of a tradition. I'm talking about a traditional funeral. Yep. We have shiny cars. So yep. we have a hearse, which is a very expensive car. We have suits, which people are under the impression all suits are $5,000 a piece. They're not. In fact, I'm going to be, I said this on an earlier one. I literally go to JCPenney's and get the two for one deal hey. because I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting in a suit too. I have to look decent. I can't just go out scruzzy as I'll get up. I do have a big beard. And I, that's that's my thing. But I always have my hair combed. I always have a brush my teeth, you know, Make have sure the cologne no on the so beard. I don't look horrible. So that's just the physical. Now we got to talk about the mental. So I have to check out and check in on certain things. I have to, so I'm sitting, opening gifts with my kids. Phone call comes. I'm going to be dealing with a family that just are having the worst day of their, could be having the worst day of their life. Mm -hmm. I have to walk into that family's home and I have to be professional, empathetic, and be present. And that takes a lot of mental, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm saying when you take, when you look at the bill at the end of it, this is like we talked about earlier, People plan weddings six months to a year in advance, and what do they do? They get they have a caterer, they have a church, they have a place to do it, they have the, their six outfits. Wow, they have six months to do it. I light. do basically the same thing within three to four days. I'm a little little bias on this because it, it it strikes a chord to me because I know what we put into it, and I think we earn it, and I think we I want to be a professional, and professionals deserve what they're being paid. That's something that it takes time to realize you are what you're paid. Dad and I try to keep our prices uh, to where it's comfortable for both sides. And and I think I, a I, last thing I, I want to put in, out here, and I don't mean to cut Ben off, but we're, 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 we're running out of time here. But I think the most important thing that I would really ask all the viewers out there that still believe that funeral directors are, are scam artists taking advantage, educate yourself. Ask a funeral director why the price is that way. They will explain it to you. They will tell you what these numbers are. They will give you an itemized list. They will explain it to you, and you can look it up today. You can look up online what the normal funeral is and why it costs that much. You can literally walk into to your local funeral home, and they will be there, and they will they would love to answer any question you have.
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with Nick. If you really want to come up with that question, go follow a funeral director for a week. And I, I think you'd have a whole different experience and perspective on but it. But it's okay as a human to not be educated on this. This is not something our society talks about, nor is this something that normal people are like, oh, by the way, uh, Jim's funeral was uh, ten grand. Did you know that? And, and yeah, uh, Bob's abs- was uh, eight grand. So what was the difference there? Like Nobody talks about that. You can educate yourself on this. Yeah, absolutely. And then if the funeral director tries to throw you a loopy, let him know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your questions. Keep those questions coming. Like I said, you can reach us. Uh, you can uh, DM us on Facebook or Instagram, but you can also write to our uh, Gmail, which is let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. You can also check out any of these episodes or more episodes on our website, www dot let's talk about death podcast.com please leave us a review if, if, if you really like the show it really helps us out and makes us feel like what we're doing is important yep hit the like button hit the subscribe button let us know what we could do more for you just love us please happy holidays everyone have a great year oh by the way 2020 sucked let's look forward to 2021 yep yep live it up if you're not talking about death you're not living <laughs>